Hi everyone, this is Sue Painter of The Confident Marketer. You can find my website at www.confidentmarketer.com. I am so pleased today to be interviewing David Cross. I've known of David for several years now and have always learned useful and helpful tips about web marketing when I've listened to him. David has spent the last 27 years working with companies from small to big, from solopreneurs to Fortune 100 companies, and across 22 countries. He really knows how to train writers, publishers, editors, and marketers on how to adapt their writing skills to attract search engines while retaining web pages and content that is interesting and compelling for their customers and prospects. You can find David at his website at davidcross.com. David, welcome and thank you so much for your time today. Hi, Sue. Thank you very much for inviting me. Glad to be speaking with you. Good. I'm glad to have you here. Well, I have a couple of questions for you, and I'm also happy for you to kind of segue off and say anything that is related that you think my audience will uh, find interesting. My audience is solopreneurs, small business owners, a lot of writers um, who self-publish, coaches who do content marketing, those types of people. And right. my first question for you today is, you know, content marketing is a hot thing right now. All the people in the Internet marketing world who I know from the last 15 years, they're all going, this is the new thing. This is what's going to um, let us stand out. So I know that in Internet marketing, coaches, solo professionals, small retail shops, they're all getting on the content marketing bandwagon. And many of these, you know, they love to write. They love to have, they love to put content on the Internet, either through blogging or through self-publishing. Will you share what the first step should be in planning out content marketing that actually will make it both useful and findable? Sure. Um, and um, engaging, I have to say, because yes, um, engaging. Yeah. Well, one of you know one of the um, the uh, the manuals uh, that the IRS produces uh, to help you fill in the various tax forms are useful, but they're not very engaging. Um, one of the things I always uh, talk about when you know I'm training people on creating content is. Uh, something that I've heard referred to as the bar stool test. And the bar stool test is as it sounds. If you were sat next to someone at the bar talking about something, you know, would they want to hang around and buy you a drink or would they, you know, <laughs> forget to put money in their parking meter or something? It's got to be something yeah. that's interesting and holds a person's attention. I mean, you know, people try to create content that attracts search engines and pandas to the number of likes on Facebook and stuff. But, you know, it's got to be engaging. Um, years ago, there was a buzz going around about viral marketing. You know, and marketers tried to sit down and create, quote-unquote, viral marketing stuff that would be passed on. But, you know, um, viral is more descriptive than prescriptive. And the fact is that if you create good, engaging content, that's captivating for people, provides something useful, uh, a viewpoint, a perspective, an opinion, um, then that's going to have something that has an engaging or even viral quality rather than sitting down and saying, you know, let's create something that's viral. It's very um, difficult to, to go out of your way and do that. So, um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people will sit down at a computer and they'll start writing something. And they may be... Um, creating content that's, that's useful, but it may not capture their um, voice. 
Now, um, I've worked with a number of businesses over the years where in person the business owner or the entrepreneur is is very lively, very engaging. They can be talking about anything from building a brick wall to uh, creating a bathroom, a new bathroom or baking bread or um, running your own organic farm or whatever it is. And it's very interesting. And the moment they sit down to start writing, it, it becomes a little bit like an, a university academic paper. It becomes quite dry. And so, yeah, it, the the fact is that, that something that's conversational is very often what you're trying to capture with uh, an article with content. And if you find it difficult to c- capture that voice once you sit down to start and write, then a couple of tips I have. Um, you could um, stand up and record it, use your cell phone to record it, and then transcribe it later. You could have a friend in another room or across the city call you on the phone and ask you some questions. So supposing, I don't know, you run a small business uh, doing, um, I don't know, uh, garden design or something like that. So you would come up with some questions and you would have someone call you and you would say, you know, I've got this patch of lawn that's got... um, lots of weeds on it and there's some moles and I really would like to transform that into something. What do you suggest? And so you would get someone to phone you and you would record the conversation and then you would just give your natural answer in your normal speaking voice and you'll start to find that as you start to talk, out comes that conversational tone. Transcribe that, tidy up the spelling and any obvious grammatical uh, faux pas and there you have you know a good engaging conversational style of of uh, article or content i love that idea and i have taught my clients for many years that they really have to get their academic head away when they're sitting to write things that are compelling and engaging and i think part of that is because we're so trained in school when we write all those years all the way through university you know we're trained to do things from an academic and defensible standpoint rather than from an engaging standpoint so i love the point that you're making yeah and you know actually for someone who never even went to high school i don't have that problem of being (laughs) bound by the constraints of academia um, but it's true. I mean, I, my wife is a veterinarian, and she did nine years at university in total. And when she's in a uh, consultation with her clients, she's a fantastic, engaging speaker. She can speak about your, your kitty or your dog or any animal, and it's very interesting. And she suffers from that same thing. If she sits down to start to write, it comes out like an academic paper. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as far as content, I I think about this quote from Jerry Garcia a lot when I sit down to uh, produce the books that I write and when I produce content for training clients. I love this quote. He says, it's not enough to be the best at what you do. You must be perceived as the only one who does what you do. And if you can do that, you really will sound compelling. So that's a quote that maybe you can make use of, too. I, I keep that in my mind all the time. I think it's a fabulous quote. It is, and we both just revealed our age, so well done with that one. <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> you yeah, know, Jerry I, who? I, no, I Jerry. Ask, yeah, I know. 
um, it's funny though, you know, he's mentioned on Facebook a lot, and I think even the younger generations well know who he is. You know, another sure. question I have for you, David, is that I hear from my clients a lot, and I'm kind of always fighting them on this actually. Um, some people will tell you now that social media is all they need in order to build an audience for their business or in order to prospect for customers or clients. They really don't even want to bother having a website or a blog. They, you know, they want to keep, quote, their list, unquote, um, on their Facebook business page. And I would love to have what your opinion, I have my own opinion, but I would love to hear what you have to say about that, just using social media and not really having a place of your own where you're grounding that business. Mm, sure. You know, you can get uh, 10 marketers in a room and you'll end up with 11, pin 11 opinions if you're not careful. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, here's the thing. You know, a table needs four legs and you have to provide each of those legs. And each part of your um, marketing and your business is valid in its own way. So social media has its use and its place and its purpose. And it's it cannot be substituted by anything else. And similarly, you know, providing content on a website and having a website has its own purpose and you can't reasonably substitute the job it does for anything else. So it, it's never a question with, with marketing of saying, oh, we should only do this because you end up, you know, it's rather like investing. You have to diversify your portfolio. It's the same yeah. with marketing or promoting your business. It's not either or it's it's all of the above and they all play a different role within your overall uh, promotional strategy so um i know that fads come up in in marketing and i know that you know when the internet first uh, became quite popular in the mid 90s for business there was this oh well you know we'll never need to print again and it will save so many trees and everyone will come flocking to our door and the fact is that um, your customers, your prospects, respond to your message in different ways and in different media and different channels. And it, it's all about capturing that attention and that interest and converting it into orders uh, through whatever channels you have available at your disposal. So for me, it's never either or. It's you know all of the above. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I teach people, you know, some of your prospects are going to want to watch you, some are going to want to listen, some are going to want to read. If you can provide that copy in all three of those different ways, you'll have more of an opportunity to capture those people who will be interested in what it is you have to offer. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree, fads do. I've been around long enough in this industry to know that fads do come and go. And, you know, it, even within social media, one thing comes and goes, you know, Twitter will be hot for a while, Facebook will be hot for a while, then Snapchat is a hot thing, you know, so it, you have to really not just settle on one thing and then wear that one out and grind it because it'll change around you. You'll never even know what hit you. So I'm glad to hear you say that. It is really, like you say, the a table that needs four legs. Mm. You know, you know, there was some, some years ago as well there was um, – Ryan Dice brought out his video sales yes. letters, yeah, and and they were very successful and are very successful because you know a lot of people when they've been used to one promotional message or you know a long long promotional copy to switch to a different uh, method and deliver it via uh, a video sales letter or some other method, 
it captures people's attention and then you know split you can use split testing to see which method works best but you should never put all your eggs in one basket saying we should only ever use this you should always be testing and always you know adapting your approach yeah i think for you know in the world that i live in a lot of people get really scared about doing that split testing they're like oh it's too hard it's not really all that hard and a topic for another day but i agree with you you do have to continually measure and tweak you know measure and tweak measure and tweak and sometimes that's what you're going to spend a major part of your week doing if you've got a launch coming up. I'd like to move on a little bit to SEO because, you know, the big thing in Internet marketing back oh, not too long ago was SEO is dead, it's passe. Um, and I certainly understand that rigging websites, you know, marketing content in the old way, some of the things that used to be considered white hat are now considered black hat marketing. But I find it hard to call SEO dead. So I'd love to hear your take on that. What do you have to say about it? And how has your work with SEO changed over the years? Yeah. SEO is dead, long live SEO. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, um, the rules around SEO change based on our friends in California changing their algorithm and the way that uh, their algorithm ranks different factors as to whether it's considered to be white hat or black hat or gray hat SEO and how much role social media plays in SEO and all sorts of things. The one thing that Google has always said, and it's applicable to every search engine, is what's good for your for the user, what's good for the customer or the prospect is good for Google. And the, the basic um, uh, message of providing useful, valuable, engaging content has never changed since the beginning of content creation online and since the early days of Google and before that AltaVista and Hotbot and all the various search engines. Um, SEO is not dead. It's one of the um, arrows in your online marketing quiver. Um, the rules around how to uh, rank in Google have changed around for sure. Um, you know, a lot of people I've heard over the years that say, you know, SEO is dead. It's it's old. It's old hat. Never never mind black or white hat. Yeah. They um, have not adapted their marketing approach to how search engine optimization has changed. What I mean by that is that their desire to get number one placements on Google has n seldom um, factored in things like converting the traffic once it actually gets to the website. And, um, you know, we talked about split testing and stuff there. So I think that search engine optimization and optimizing your content so it's well-placed in Google and, and the other um, major search engines, are it's very important, but it has to be a part of the equation. You know, getting your website to number one on Google, it isn't really that difficult. Um, but making sure that when someone clicks through from that link on Google or Yahoo or Bing or whatever search engine, when they arrive at your web page and website, what are you going to do with that uh, traffic and that interest? Um, are you going to provide them uh, a video behind a registration wall? Are you going to provide a free report? Are you going to get them to uh, buy something? Are you going to test free versus paid? There's so many different ways of capturing the interest. So, you know, SEO is certainly not dead. The other factor to consider, and I've done this with a number of clients, is to measure the um, 
the dollar value per name of prospects and customer that turn into customers that come from various channels. And so I've done this um, over the years, um, started doing this with Agora Publishing, oh, about uh, seven or eight years ago when I founded their SEO program in-house. I worked with Agora for about 10 years now. And um, we looked at the value per name on various uh, uh, email lists of theirs. And we found by far the names that came from search engine optimization, from, from organic search engines, were on the whole um, had a higher lifetime value than ones that came from pay-per-click and, and other channels. So it's not just about where you're placing your content and where people are coming from, but you have to look beyond the initial face value to the longer-term value of these of these names, and not a lot of small businesses are doing that. So it, it's much uh, a much deeper question than than you first pose as to you know is SEO dead? Well, it's not dead, but you have to be doing. Um, Certain things to be capitalizing on that uh, on that interest. And, you know, I talk more about this in my consulting work and my uh, my seminar webinar that I'm running um, next uh, next week about how to capitalize on that interest from traffic from search engines. Yeah, and it's a really critical point. Uh, I see people often who work so hard to get traffic, and then they're not up, you know they're not converting their traffic or they're getting one in ten or whatever. So they really have to pay attention to, like you say, what's behind that. Once you drive, drive the traffic, then what happens? And you have to have a real clear understanding of what it is you want to accomplish. It's interesting that you talk about this thing with Agora, with the organic, because, you know, the big belief within the Internet marketing community that I work with right now is, well, organic traffic is just all but gone and you, and you just or if you're going to drive traffic if you're going to build a big list you're going to have to pay to do that you're going to have to either pay um, you know Facebook advertising or pay-per-click or whatever so it's really interesting to hear you say that in the long-term life of a customer their organically found customer actually was worth more to them in most cases yeah and you should you know you should measure your own metrics for example I have a, a friend who's starting a dance workout class and uh, for her business it's quite possible that uh, some of her social media traffic will prove to be um, as valuable or more valuable than the initially than the uh, organic search traffic but I mean you have to measure this stuff in terms of your own business I know that you know people look at my um, my resume and it's all over the place, I guess. But, but, but you know, with my work with Agora, they they say, well, you know, David Cross is an expert. He's been doing this for so long, and Agora does this. Therefore, I should follow that method because that what that's what works. But that's not what works. It, it's about adapting it to your own business and using the tools available at your disposal and testing and measuring, and then you know, cutting your losers and running with your winners, and you know, doing that as as quickly as you can. Right. So I wanted everyone who's listening to this to know that, um, especially if you're a content marketer, if you're a self-publisher, a blogger, if you just want to understand how to get your web content found by more people and indexed better, um, then David's the guy you can learn from. And I'm really happy to say that he's going to be teaching a 90-minute webinar coming up 
I guess next week. Um, Writing copy for search engine optimizations coming up really soon, and you can register for his webinar by going to confidentmarketer.com forward slash David Cross. That's confidentmarketer.com forward slash David Cross, and you will find there a registration page where you can get the ticket for your webinar. And then, David, I also hear that that's going to be the first of many, so why don't you tell me a little bit about the other topics you're going to be teaching in, because some of the people who listen to this may be interested in those as well. Yes, absolutely. I've had my arm twisted and been cajoled into doing a series of, <laughs> of webinars. And, um, you know, I'm often approached by uh, people to set up their online business for them. Um, I've worked with companies of all shapes and sizes over the years. Um, sometimes when you're just starting out, the cost of bringing me in may be a little on the high side. But you still need to set up your website, your email list, the ability to take orders online, how to write search engine-friendly copy, how to use social media, etc. So what I'm doing is I'm doing a series of one- to two-hour webinars on specific things like you know, how to create your website in WordPress, how to set up your email list, how to set up the ability to take orders. And if you follow those webinars, you'll get everything you need, and you can do it yourself and walk through it with me, and you can ask me any questions, and I guide you through the whole process. And you're essentially benefiting from my expertise without having to contract me to do it for you at the you know rate I would normally charge. Yeah, and you know, for people who are just starting out or who are looking even to refresh a business that maybe has not brought in the income that they um, thought that they would get maybe in their first year or two of business, I'm sure that there are things that they will learn through going through that series of webinars. And I will be sure to keep in touch with you and let the people who read my things know about those webinars as you publish their dates just as they can get information about this one. Um, that's coming up March the 5th. So I'm, I am delighted that I've had this time to talk with you and to let the people who I know get to know you a little bit better through this interview, David. I appreciate your time. I personally will definitely be on the writing copy for search engine optimization webinar myself, and I'm thinking that many of the people who I work with or who follow me will be on there as well. So thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And it's good to finally speak with you. I've known of you, and I've been listening to your things through Gary and Mary, so it's good to make that connection. And thank you for your time. Appreciate your time as well, Sue. Thank you very much. You're welcome.